hey, if you love Roll For It, watch the cast live every week on Twitch as we continue the story. That's twitch.tv slash RollForItPod. Welcome back to Roll For It, Halloween edition. <laughs> in the last episode, we had each of you roll D100s like we normally do in Roll For It to select three random monsters. And each of you is going to encounter the monster that you rolled in this episode. Oh, baby. Can you guys introduce yourselves and your characters? Hi, everyone. This is Royal. I will be playing Kanar, the ranger of the group. He's a moon elf. He is all about adventure and family and hanging out with his lovely and beautiful girlfriend, Euphoria. Aww. <laughs> and Mo's there too. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm UA. I'm Euphoria. I'm the girlfriend. But more than that, I am an artificer tiefling. I am an alchemist. I have something called ass. That's what I call it. I don't know what it's called. What it's actually called. Oh, she, yeah, yeah, she got that. Yeah, she got that booty. <laughs> I have something called ass. I have something called ass. What does ass actually mean? Alchemical savant. It means that you're extra good at dealing um, acid, lightning. That's, that's euphorious. She's moody and has an accent. You'll like her. We don't know where the accent's from. It's just a accent. It's Monrethian. Right. Yeah, right. it's Monrethian. <laughs> I'm Kelsey. I'm playing Mo. She's a tabaxi. She's a rogue. She's a little clingy. She's got both a motherly side and a toddler side. She's either throwing a tantrum or nurturing somebody. And she's the captain. Oh, yeah. She's also the captain of the Fiery Revenge. But we don't know where the Fiery Revenge is because previously on Roll For It. The crew was transporting their very important prisoner, Robert Coward, across the wild sea. Along the way, both the Adventurer's Mark and the Fiery Revenge laid anchor to celebrate the Pale Moon Spirit Festival. The party was a blast and a blur, but a few hours later, Mo, Yue, and Kanar awoke to find themselves sailing into the dark unknown, with Unit at the helm. Apparently, the captains had ordered Unit to find something interesting, and he had. He found an enormous ghost ship covered with skulls. Kanar ordered Unit to fly ahead and investigate, but when Unit seemed to run into trouble aboard, the gang went after him. The ghost ship met them on their way, paddling itself through the water with enormous slimy tentacles. Yue boarded by drinking a potion of flying and slipping through the eye hole of a large skull on the ship. She wound up in a muscly tunnel, which she burned her way out of, flaming sphere style. Kanar, still drunk, grabbed hold of one of the tentacles and gripped for dear life as it dunked him repeatedly beneath the water. Mo cat-climbed her way to the top of the bow and dropped anchor, stopping the ship dead in its tracks and damaging the hull. The tentacles rose from the water and turned to Mo. When Kanar reached the deck of the ship, he was alone. No sign of his friends, except for the broken shell phone where Mo had just stood. Oh, that's right. Our cliffhanger last week was that I had vanished. Where am I, Zam Jake? Yeah, where are we? What's new Scooby-Doo? We'll start with Kanar, standing alone on the deck of the ghost ship. The mysterious fog has dispersed, and your surroundings are dimly lit by the full moon. From about 100 feet away, you hear, What are your orders, Captain? You turn towards the voice which is coming from your ship, the Adventurer's Mark. You see Tiptoes raising anchor and Nugget preparing the ballista for another shot. Burnt Bill is calling to you from the crow's nest. 
Do we board the beast? Ooh, no, no. Nugget, great job aiming and firing and avoiding hitting Mo, myself, and hopefully UA. Um, I have yet to find her. Mm. Just stay at the ready and keep circling around this beast. Wins will it. And remember, if you see an emergency lightning arrow, annihilate this ship. We'll keep our eyes to the skies, Captain. I want to pick up the cell phone. Shell Logo. phone. Shell Please. phone. C-Mobile. Hello? C-Mobile. Uh, you pick up the shell phone. It is cracked and broken. UA's disjointed voice abruptly cuts off. You reel around to see that the capstan behind you is starting to spin, raising the anchor that Mo dropped. I tried to keep it lowered. You see two levers on the main mast, one for each anchor. One of them is in the drop anchor position where Mo had left it. It is slowly turning upwards. Before you reach it, the mast expands over it, covering it up, almost like it's absorbing the lever back into the ship. No. I run to the other side, and I pull the other one to lower that one. You hear the other anchor splash into the water. Then the lever splinters in your hand, oh. leaving you with a little bit of piercing damage. Three piercing damage. Okay. And then, could you make a sobriety check, please? Oh, my God. You were quite drunk for all of episodes one and two, but hopefully the harrowing experience of losing your friends has cleared that up. What's a sobriety check? What do I <laughs> Oh, I love that Mo has never had to make a sobriety check. Maybe. You just constantly—it's true. Maybe yeah. she, her base <laughs> level is already above point eight. You rolled a ten. So yeah, no. ten is what you needed. Do we believe him? That's very no. convenient. I have it written. I don't believe him. Yeah, how nice of him. <laughs> then I want to cast my cantrip, Ray of Frost, to freeze the chain. To freeze the capstan in place. Yeah, you can't really miss. It's right in front of you. So just okay. go ahead and roll damage. Eight damage. A layer of frost spreads over the anchor chain and over the capstan. Then you hear a strange voice, tremoring across the entirety of the ship. You cannot pinpoint the direction it comes from. It's a whale. Hello, 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 hello. It's Unit's Hello. dad. Sorry. It's Unit. Oh. We're looking at Unit. Oh, I forgot. forgot how to speak there for a second. Oh, Welcome really? aboard. Captain Unit speaking. He, he forgot how to speak for a minute? Uh, um, Unit, why can I hear your voice and where are you? Why don't you come down to my cabin? My captain's cabin and we'll chat. I had to go below deck or is it just like... The captain's cabin typically is at the aft of the ship. You glance over the rail in that direction and you see a fancy door which swings open. Total creeping darkness beckoning from within. I swear if Unit somehow has bonded with this ship, Mo will never forgive me. I don't think either I... of us will forgive you. <laughs> I, I, you know, I would like to note that I have almost killed everybody, but not Unit. If Unit dies, <laughs> you die. Yeah, I'm going to very politely and cautiously poke my head through the door and adjust my dark vision to be able to see with my bow at the ready. When you peek inside, you see a short hallway, three doors and a descending staircase on the right, and one door at the end. A warm light flickers beneath that one. Unit, just 
just tell me which door you're actually in because I'm very confused how you understand the captain's quarters. There's 10 seconds of silence. And the door with the light beneath it shakes on its hinges. And there's nothing else dangerous about this environment or this room. Make an investigation check. Hey, yo. 18. The light under the door looks like everyday candlelight. While checking out the doors, you see that the three on the right are labeled. One says Kanar, one says Mo, and one says Yue. Don't like that. No. Dumb. Dumb ship. And I'm going to revert my bow into blade forms on my hips. And uh, I'm going to the, the door that's doing the weird shaky thing. You turn the doorknob without incident. That's nice. And the door creaks open. Uh, hello? Candlelight is plentiful here, and a cold breeze rushes through three large open windows. The ceiling is lined with a variety of skulls, much like the exterior of the ship. There are floor-to-ceiling bookshelves on your right. To your left, a formidable captain's desk with an open tome on top. Past that is a curtained-off area surrounding a doubled bed and a multitude of hide pillows and blankets. The door slams shut behind you. Unit! You look directly above, and you see a colorless, motionless unit roll into one of the open eye sockets of a large skull on the ceiling. His single eye is grayed over. He is more like a poor stone carving of unit. Kinar, I swear to God. The most accurate feature is the large smile plastered on his face. A happy spirit fest. Happy spirit festival. Wait, one more time. I didn't hear you. He said happy oh, spirit happy fest spirit and he's fest. super, super possessed and I'm pissed. Uh, Mo, I think you're a little bit too busy to be pissed right now. Oh, no. Let's rewind time by a few minutes. Back to the bow of the ship. Mo, you are clinging to the mast surrounded by five huge tentacles. The tentacles lurch towards you all at once. You have mere moments to defend yourself. What do you do? There's five of them? Five tentacles coming at you from all five directions. <laughs> mere moments, um, Kels. Ah, uh, okay. I, <laughs> my, I take out my rapier and I stab all of them? Attack roll. Oh, God. Oh, God. Fourteen. You stab through one slimy tentacle swishing straight towards your face and stop it in its tracks. The two tentacles directly behind you wrap around you like boa constrictors. One around your waist and one around your legs. Can I use evade to try and get out of there? Sure, make a dexterity saving throw. <sighs> you got this, Mo. I'm a little stressed right now. <laughs> um, it's a 24 because I got a 20. Wow. So not to mess up your plans, but I got away from those two, right? As the two remaining tentacles come towards your head in a straight line to clothesline you into oblivion, you lift your arms above your head, making your liquidy cat body long and skinny. You're small enough now to slip easily through the tight coil of the tentacles wrapped around you. You fall out of their grip, dropping onto the deck with an agile, cat-like roll, but dropping your shell phone along the way. I run for the grate on the deck that opens down into the hold where UA is. You run as fast as you can, but the tentacles are huge. With one swift movement, the one you stabbed blocks your way. You watch its pointed tip invert. It swallows itself inward, creating a hollowed-out cylinder at its end. Oh, no. Am I going to go in there? Oof. I also rolled a nat 20. 
It scoops you up and lifts you into the air. You are surrounded on all sides by a tentacle. It tightens its muscles around you as you gasp for air. And you black out. You That's my last words. Beautiful. Soon after that, Kanar climbs under the ship, finds your broken phone, finds the captain's cabin, and is now staring down a stone-like unit on the ceiling. Unit? Why are you up there? <laughs> now hold on. We don't want to spoil the surprise. I don't like the little glitches in his voice. <laughs> Scary. We're here to continue the festivities. Happy Spirit Fest. Welcome aboard. No, 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 no unit. This, this isn't. This isn't part of Spirit Fest. Okay. Most disappeared. I don't know what happened I'm to you. I'm pretty a. certain I remember that games are part of Spirit Fest. Game, games are only part of the Spirit Fest when everyone is accounted for, and right now, we are missing two people. I will hear what you're saying and counter that with three words. Hide and seek. The others are playing hide and seek. There's one very important thing you're missing when it comes to these games. Sure. And I will counter your three words with one word. Consent. <laughs> Interesting. You'll have to describe that to me once you find the two things that you are missing from this game. And they are Mo and Yue. Oh my god, I hate it. Unit, that, that sounds more like a hostage situation. No, it's all in good fun. The ship told me everything's hunky-dory. The ship told you? Well, I am the captain. Don't you think the ship should be talking to me? No, no, Unit, no. Ships, they, they don't talk. The Avengers Mark doesn't talk. The Fire Revenge doesn't talk. Well, we do. And now you're speaking in a third person saying we. Okay, Gollum. How, how did this happen, Unit? How, how did this happen? He was gone for like 10 minutes, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Unit can do a lot in 10 minutes. Apparently. Kanar, you need to get going. Go, seek, hurry, because we are also playing Freeze Tag. Another one of my favorites. Some of my new crew members are going to make our friends freeze. If you find them first, you win. Does that make sense? Does that make... Does that make... It's just a game. Don't ruin Unit for me. I need Unit. He's just a baby. What? Tell me the rules. What are the rules of this game? Right. The rules are, if you get killed, you're frozen. You can't be unkilled. Until tag by me. Unkilled. Unit, most games don't involve death. That's a bad game. Don't worry, Kanar. Death on this ship is just part of the crew initiation. Should I should I tell should I tell them? Yes. Yes. I've got you a cabin just for you, because you are going to be my first mates. All three of you. But technically, you'll be my first first mate because you were the first here. And they will be my second and third first mates, respective. <laughs> then we can all live together in harmony. No more fighting. No more yelling. Only games and fun. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. And then he's going to roll backwards up into darkness and vanish. You know, you, you just don't even tell me where to start. You just leave. And you said that tome is open. Let me do the investigation. Nat 20, baby. Hey, hey. That's like the third one tonight. I swear we're not making these up. I'll play soon and we'll get those nat ones. All yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's an open tome on the desk. It is bound with a leathery material, skin-like. The title reads, Captain's Log Number 71. It is open to a page with one line written in a font you recognize as Unit's handwriting. Twelve point Times New Roman. Of course. Of course I do. <laughs> He's always writing in Times New Roman. The line reads, I, Unit, am captain of the ship, the maw of the world. Is there anything else on the desk? Only a quill. There's not a lot of junk or clutter on the ship like you'd see on most pirate ships. That's the only thing in the writing that's on this? Yes, the rest appears blank. Behind you, the bookshelves are filled with identical books to the tome in your hands. They are also labeled Captain's Log, but the numbers are unique. They are in order from Captain's Log 49 to 70. Okay, I, I, I keep his book with me. How do you do that? Use the seaweed from my ghillie suit and attach it on my head. The longest strands Tangy. are obviously on my feet thick, muscular thighs, and so I just tie the book to my thigh. You mean your, your thick, muscular thigh. If you're going to say it once, you're going to have to <laughs> say it every yeah. time. you yeah. got to commit. They're thicker now. they got a tome attached to them. The tome is attached to the thick, muscular thigh. As I leave the captain's quarter, I want to check out the canar room. Oh, God. The canar room is the closest door to you, but you think that actually it wasn't the closest door a second ago. Oh, no. Also, the sign has changed to read, Kanar, first first mate. Stop. Unit's the one changing the ship and making it more. It's Unit, because that's not who I would pick to unit. have that job. You carefully open the door and are greeted by three enormous sea beasts. Their terrifying jaws are wide open. Let's move over to Yue. Um. <laughs> so... Yue, you just used a flaming sphere to burn your way out of the inner organs of the ship. It spat you out in the dark storage hold below deck. Your flaming sphere illuminates some of the room before you. There's a large storage space about 40 feet long. There are two passageways, possible exits, but you can't see where they lead from where you stand. I mean, I haven't known where I was this entire time, so no difference. You are surrounded by crates and barrels made of a white-yellow bone substance. They are unnaturally perfect, like they were 3D printed. 3D printing, of course, is a magical technology that only the most advanced artificers have heard of. Oh, yeah. I have have a 3D printer on the adventure's In the Southern Isles. The barrels nearest you begin to shake and vibrate. You spot a small, shadowy figure 
dart between them out of the corner of your eye. Please be Unit. <laughs> Hello, who goes there, little figure that dart in front of my eye? Hello! <laughs> I'm going to cause some harmless tremors with my thaumaturgy to like perhaps get this thing to come out. You aim your tremors in the general direction of the figure you saw, but nothing happens. Make a perception check. Blind. You don't see any movement. You've lost track of whatever it was. Wait, you don't and think my, my thaumaturgy gave me, like, you know, advantage or anything? On your perception check? No. <laughs> Besides the rumble of the shaking barrels, it is silent. Then... A small metal cube slides across the floor behind you and hits the back of your boots. It has colorful storybook drawings of monsters all over it and a small crank on one side. I immediately kick it <laughs> away from me. And when I kick it, I go, no, thank you. If I learned anything from these dumb ghost stories I've been listening to, you don't open shit. You kick it, and it loudly clangs across the floor and disappears back into the darkness. Bye, bitch. Then to your right. Oh my god, how many of these are there? Am I just in this little music box room? I know how the song ends. And the same box slides to your feet. Oh my gosh. Are you just going to do this until I open it? Do you say that out loud? Yeah. I'm going to talk to him. Are you going to just do this until I open you? No. (laughs) I'm going to use my flaming sphere and I'm going to burn this box. (laughs) I back away. I put my arm in the air and I go, get this out of my sight. And I burn it. The flaming sphere lowers upon the box. The lid of the box springs open and a small dummy holding two knives, pops out. He starts stabbing his tiny hands in front of him as quickly as he can while the fire slowly melts him. It's like burning to death. I love tiny evil things. Oh my gosh, this is like the first toy I ever had. That is so sad. What a delight. Crack. The shaking barrel next to you finally cracks. Hundreds of teeny tiny clockwork toys spill from the opening onto the floor and march dutifully towards you. Are there more of you? Weird metallic balls bounce themselves. Snakes with wind-up cranks slither. Monkeys with crashing cymbals. They march like a creepy little parade towards your feet. These toys are on fire! I'm putting them on fire! Why are you setting them all on fire? (laughs) Because I'm afraid of toys. (laughs) What if we need one? Not all of them. I'll keep one. Yeah, keep one. I'll keep one. Can I keep one of the snaky ones? You snatch up a snaky one and move your sphere over the rest. They scatter in all directions, so you can't track all of them, but you can try. This is why we don't split the party. Leaves Lexi unsupervised. I know. You thought you were chaotic. (laughs) As the broken crate completely crumbles... It reveals what must have been the shadowy figure you saw earlier. Oh, hello there. What do I see? You see what looks like a ventriloquist dummy in a jester's hat. You swear he was just moving, but now he's holding completely still, smiling at you, grinning with jagged teeth. 
It's like you knew I was afraid of dolls. He has ash-drawn powder triangles around his eyes that make him look like a jack-o'-lantern. So Lexi, real-life me, is definitely afraid of dolls. They're creepy. How tall is he? He's about three and a half feet tall, and the woodcutter's axe in his hand is raised six inches above his head. He's like oh a medieval gosh. Chucky. I love him. Hi, babies. What's your name? He is frozen. If I blink, will you answer me? <laughs> he stands perfectly still, six feet away from you. No. I well, seems like I should try to kill you. Oh. His axe slams into the vibrating barrel beside him, but this time, instead of toys, the barrel leaks gunpowder. Oh shit, I have a flaming sphere. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> the powder spreads out all on the floor. Okay. Great. Where is that flaming sphere right now? Up top. So it's closer to the ceiling. Well, yeah, I don't just let it roam the ground. Okay. He darts away behind more crates. His name for our listeners who are familiar with some of the D&D official content that's been coming out is Piddlewick II. But <laughs> UA doesn't know that. The second? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was the first. We don't talk about the first. <laughs> Piddlewick laughs and darts away. Oh god, I don't even know what to do. I'm, I'm panicking. <laughs> no. Jake, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> Can I do a history check on this thing real quick? It's gonna be a 20. A non-natural 20. Okay. Based on his construct, he seems like a variation on these other clockwork toys, but he seems to be enchanted with free will because he doesn't move in a pattern. He is reactive to where you are and what you do. He seems intelligent to an extent. Great. I'm going to move as far away from the gunpowder, but with my back up against something. A wall or, I don't know, a board. I don't know what ships are made of. And I'm going to send my flaming sphere to the gunpowder. No. And blow it up. No. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that was a little gift. Sure. Or I can die. Yeah, we'll see. <clears throat> Meanwhile, upstairs, Kanar. What is with these cliffhangers? <laughs> Kinar, you have just opened a thingamabob. Oh, Ariel. You open a door and we're greeted by three giant sea monsters who are stuffed. They're taxidermed corpses. They are posed with their mouths wide open, ready to pounce. In fact, the entire room is full of monster corpses. Skeletons and furs hang from the rafters. Jars with eyeballs and various stingers and feathers and claws line the shelves. Neatly packaged in a leather pouch by your feet are smith and leatherworking tools. The strange thing is that all of the tools are also carved of bone. How do you like your workshop? You hear Unit's voice in the walls. Unit, this is awful. You're taking today a little bit too far, buddy. This is really crossing the line by several feet. He knows you like animals. I know. <laughs> he was so thoughtful. You can use these things to make weapons and armor. Your favorite activity. Kinar is always happy when he finds dead things after battle. You hear the door to the hallway slowly creak open. Oh. When you enter the hall, you find yourself face to face with a large mass of midnight blue fur slumping clumsily towards you. At first, it could easily be mistaken with one of the hides in the Kinar room, but it is quickly transforming, taking on a feline shape. 10 feet long and 4 feet wide with 6 muscular legs. Not to mention the two long snake-like tentacles with spiked ends protruding from its back. As a hunter-ranger, you recognize this as a displacer beast. <gasps> oh no! Huh. 
It roars at you, ready to pounce. Well, immediately. <laughs> yeah. I put my blades back together in, in bow form, and I'm activating my bonus action for Hail of Thorns. You draw your arrow back, but can't seem to focus on your target. You know how when you hold an object too close to your face and you see two of it, double vision? Your eyes aren't focused on it, yeah? That's how the displacer beast appears now. You blink a couple of times to try to clear your eyes, but the blur remains, like it's in many places at once. Displacer. <laughs> yeah. Well, because Halo of Thorns is a five-foot radius, I'm That's not too concerned. Good. That's a good way to do it. That's a 24. Damage me! What'd you get? What'd you get? Damn, 32. But the Displacer Beast has an ability called Avoidance. Oh, yeah, sure it does. So even on a failed save, it avoids half damage. So 20 small magical arrows rain towards the Displacer Beast, but it locks its joints into place and Matrix-style avoids most of the thorns. All right. I'm going to do my extra attack. <laughs> okay. As you line up your arrow, you realize that having taken damage, the creature is now pinned in place. You can see where it is, and the blur effect has stopped. Is this thing dead? Plus three from Colossal Slayer. Colossal Slayer is your new hunter ability. Extra damage per turn if your target is already missing any HP. The beast snarls at you. Its breath reeks of rot and decay. You look at it closely and see that its eyes are glazed over, much like units were. Bits of its fur are missing and flies hover around its body like a zombie halo. Are displacers normally zombie-like? It's not normal. The tentacles on the creature's back whip at you. I got an 18. My AC's 18, yeah. Wow, that's so high. But you still take 10 piercing damage right to your chest. The creature retreats up the wall, using its long claws to latch onto the ceiling. Quick cutaway. UA's flaming sphere reaches the gunpowder and... Boom! Several other barrels that must have also been filled with gunpowder join the explosion. No, I embrace this shit. I'm a T-flame, right? Yeah, I'm literally like... Woo! Tingling. You are mostly flame-proof, but shards of wood, glass, and metal cut into your body, and the impact of the blast throws you into the back wall. Your head slams into the wood, and everything goes black. Oh, good night. Um, back upstairs, Kanar. The ship rattles beneath you. You grab onto the walls around you to catch your balance. The displacer beast loses its grip and falls to the floor in front of you. You're both still for a moment as you feel the entire ship sink slightly lower into the ocean. So there's a hole so in the slightly. boat. You made a <laughs> hole in the boat. So, yes! What have you done? I said, wait, wait for the wait, lightning wait, wait. arrow. It's like a live boat, so maybe it can just fix itself. I blew up the ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can we get like a POV from like, Burnt Bill? Burnt Bill's over on the adventures. Mark just like, oh. They blew up the ship. <laughs> <laughs> Cut two. Mo. <gasps> mo, 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 mo. You are passed out inside a tentacle, but wake with a start when you hear. UA. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that does it for this episode of Roll For It Unityville Horror. Thank you so much for listening as always. Please tune in next time to see what happens next in the story. Can I ask a quick question? Sure. Where's Durbin? Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys haven't seen I Durbin. I don't think he's even with us. He's back on Fiery Revenge. Okay, okay. Thank you, everybody. Love you. Bye. 
Hey guys, this is DM Jake. Thanks so much for listening to the pod. We can't tell you how much we appreciate your support. If you want more adventures from these characters, we're continuing the story live each week on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash rollforitpod. Tune in to watch the cast take on levels 11 through 20 and interact with us as we play. You can catch sessions you might have missed on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash rollforitpod. See you there.